Do you ever wonder why some people stay stuck in their position and never move forward in life? My guest on the show will be talking about this on this episode of the You Soulful Genius podcast. And do you know what Barack Obama said about this? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. I do that every day. Asking for help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. It shows you have the courage to admit when you don't know something and to learn something new. When better to learn something new, if not when we are stuck? This is what we're going to be talking about today and how to change your mindset to an active and a productive and a rewarding mindset that will stay to serve you for as long as you need it. Welcome to the You Soulful Genius Podcast, Episode 11. You're listening to You Soulful Genius Podcast. A show about highlighting the genius within every one of us, through acts of creating a world of balance, truth and conscience. This is Mutia Tadaboale, your host. Hello everyone, welcome to You Soulful Genius Podcast. Today I'm with Jill Leville Popkin. It's going to be another exciting episode of the You Soulful Genius Podcast. Jill is a motivational and mindset coach and teaches people to change their behavior, change their decisions, you know, transform their lives from negative thinking, negative behavior and habits to positive one, enhancing and transformational things. We're going to hear from Jill today how she does all the magic in the world. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for having me. Thank Lovely. you for reaching out. Lovely. Beautiful. Okay, Jill. Yes, I, I'm not going to do all the introduction because I know you can tell us everything about you. So where did you begin? How did this story begin? You being a motivational mindset coach, helping people to transform their lives. How did they all begin? Well, about 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, it was a very bad situation. I was very, very sick. And during my treatment process, which we were not sure was going to be successful, I had learned the power of mindset. I started to do a lot of research and due diligence on what does it take to actually shift your mind, change negative thoughts to positive thoughts, and use positivity and happiness into literally into my soul to help me not only fight the chemo, but to fight the cancer itself. I was just as afraid of the chemotherapy as I was of the cancer. So I knew that as the doctors were going to do their thing with the treatment being very, very dangerous, I had to do something to help myself to make sure that I could win the battle. So that's how it all began. Lovely. So from your experience, you know, after going through that and overcoming, you know, cancer and living your life, you now said to yourself, I've got to help people with this knowledge, with this skill that I have to help them change their, their lives. So what realization did you come to 
when you know all of those transitions happened you going through and then you overcoming well you getting healed and beginning to heal your life what realizations did you come to make you know understanding that just by simply changing your mindset your thought patterns things can change for you that's exactly right. So as my thought process started to change and I started to become very spiritual and I started to feel better. Um, by the way, my cancer was gone in 12 weeks and the doctors thought my cancer was never going to be gone. They thought I would be gone before my cancer would be gone. So 12 weeks later, my scans were clean. Knock on wood, they've been, they've been clean ever since. But it was at that moment when I said, you know what? I need to teach this. I need to coach. I need to mentor. I need to let people know that they don't have to be stuck in these negative thought patterns. They don't have to feel anxiety. They don't have to feel depression. They don't have to feel that there's no way out. They just need solutions. They need people in their lives who can actually help them and support them with different ways of thinking or different ways of doing things. And all of that in combination actually helps them create different decisions that they make whether it's career-based. I've also been a career coach for the last 17 years. So I help people, you know, get out of whatever negative career situation they're in. But um, all in all, the mental well-being is all about career. It's about relationships. It's about who you see when you look in the mirror. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't feel negative. That doesn't mean you're going to look in the mirror and say, oh, I look so pretty today. That just means when you look in the mirror and you say, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. How do you change that thought so you're not stuck with that negativity throughout the day? How do you actually replace the negative thoughts with positive? And all of a sudden, before you know it, and you do it long enough and it creates a habit, your relationships change with yourself, which then changes with everyone else. Your, your, your family relationships are different, your marriage, your, your boyfriend and girlfriend situation, um, your friends, everything changes. Wow, that is super wonderful. You said something about, you know, your relationship changing with yourself, and then that helps you to change relationship with every other person. So how important is it for you to understand the relationship that you keep with yourself to be able to change your, you know, perspective on things, how things happen to you? Because I know a lot of people who say, oh, it's not important. When you talk to them about themselves, they say, oh, it's not important. Let me just do what I need to do to other people and then I'll be fine. So how important is it to keep our relationships with ourselves? It's, I mean, it is the most important relationship that you will ever, ever know and that you will ever have. Think about when you're flying on an airplane and the pilot says to you to put the oxygen on yourself first, when they're talking about, you know, how to take care of a crash landing, put the oxygen on yourself and then put it on your child or the person next to you, because you need to save yourself first and be healthy and mindful in order for you to create healthy and mindful relationships with other people. It is virtually impossible to have a toxic relationship with yourself and have a healthy relationship with other people. So it has to start with yourself. And it's, it's something that must be practiced every single day. It's something you don't actually learn it, right? It becomes a habit. So you're learning it throughout the day, every day. But the next morning when you wake up, you have to learn it again. You have to make sure that the lesson that you learned the day before you carry with you so you can keep up that relationship with yourself. That is awesome. I know a lot of people, you know, 
going back to looking after yourself first, some people think it's it's selfish. It's a selfish act. What do you think about that? When people think it's selfish for them to look after this, themselves or, you know, talk about having a very good relationship with themselves before going to extend that to other people? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that is the perception of the other person. If I think about myself first and I make sure that I take care of myself, I eat well, I take my walks throughout the day, you know, in nature, I look in the mirror as often as I can. I always have a mirror next to me and I say, you know what, today's going to be a great great day. You're going to bring great energy. I'm taking care of myself. That doesn't mean I'm being selfish, but if whomever is looking at me sees that as a selfish act, that's on them. That's their perception of me. That's not necessarily the reality of me. Lovely. That's their perception. And, you know, they can choose to be with that. They they can choose to follow and love themselves too. And, you know, think about it like a domino effect. If we all led ourselves that way, how beautiful would life be? Oh, wonderful. Really? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So you talked about being okay transforming your lives changing your thought patterns and everything it's something you need to learn every day so how do we get into this habit of you know learning it every day people like you know after three four days of learning new things they just shift away and how can we get into that habit of embodying you know learning to that point that it becomes part of us So scientifically, in order to create a habit, you need between 30 and 60 days of doing something every day. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, in order to create a habit that's long lasting, it's gotta be a a, a small habit and you need to create it on top of or in between something you're already doing. That's how you create a successful habit where it's not difficult to uphold. So what I would do as an example is um, if I want to look in the mirror and start my day with a mantra, just so I can ground myself, um, it doesn't mean that I'm not anxious about that day. I may have some big meetings coming up. It's okay to be scared. But what I do is when I wake up, I brush my teeth before I'm allowed to drink my coffee. Right. So those are two things that I do every day. I brush my teeth every day and then I drink my coffee. So in between I stand in the mirror and I talk to myself. So it's wake up, brush my teeth, talk to myself in the mirror, give myself the mantras, give myself that self-love and then go get my coffee. So this way I'm not saying, oh, at three or four o'clock, I'm just going to go talk in the mirror. It must be attached to something you are already doing in order for it to become a methodical habit. Beautiful, lovely. A lot of people say things about motivation. They're not motivated, you know, to get up. They're not motivated to when they, particularly when they are stuck, they don't understand what they're doing in career. They don't like their job. They're not motivated to go and they don't seem to know what to do to get them motivated. Okay, so how can people keep their motivation on to change their lives, to be happy where they are or to be able to find what to do to get them to that state where they're going to be fulfilled and happy? How do we keep motivation on? Yeah, so, you know, it's an interesting question because I don't see that as motivation, right? They're motivated to do better and be better and feel better. Meaning they, they have the want. They don't have the tools 
They don't know how to do it. So they have the motivation and they actually have the ability, but they don't have that prompt, right? They don't have that tool, that coach, that mentor, that friend, that family member, that boss who literally takes the time to teach them. And sometimes it's because they're really not willing to learn. I know many people who say that they are so unhappy and they're stuck, but they don't take the time to actually learn or listen. And that's just because they're blocked. They're just not emotionally ready to start the healing process or to actually make the change. Some people subconsciously might think that they don't deserve it. Some people feel like they deserve it or they say they deserve it, but they're just not willing to take the steps. So I always, you know, when, when people come to me in my private practice, um, you know, I spend about 45 minutes with them first trying to get to know them so I can see, are they actually coachable? Can I teach them how to change? And if I can, I'll take them on. But if I can't, we part ways. And I'm always honest. And I always say right now, I feel like it's not the right time for you, but my door is always open. And we and you're ready to do the work, we can work together. So I think that's really a critical stage for people who feel stuck, that they have the right support system to help them get unstuck. Okay, so what makes some people coachable and some people uncoachable? For me, it's a, there's a very clear line that I, I, can, I can easily see. Um, when I hear people say, I can't do that because, no, because that is, blocked. That is a limiting belief. These are all of the things that they cannot and will not do. When I speak with someone and they say, you know what, I haven't done that, but I will. Oh, I haven't experienced that. I've never heard of that, but I'd like to try. So it's, it's the, the difference between having that growth mindset and having that stuck mindset. Those who are stuck, if I can't, if I don't see a path where if I can give you these homework assignments that are all about you, right? These are techniques that are going to make you feel better, live better, have better relationships, um, network better, you know, to get a new position in a new role. If, if I can't see that energy, I'll hold off. I'm only going to be as successful as they are, as they're willing to allow me to be. That's true, very true. You can't force people. I mean, just like I say to, to some of the people in my community, you are the only person who can get yourself unstuck. If you're twisted, you are the only person who can untwist yourself. I mean, there's so much a coach can do, a mentor can do. If you're not willing to get yourself unstuck, unfortunately, things cannot happen. Okay, so you've come this far helping people still showing up. I know some people who do what you do but you said the motivation is not there or they they themselves just don't have what it takes to keep going on what is it that continues to drive you on you know from those many years you've started right till now that you're still showing up you know it's i'm resilient i learned to be resilient and i know not every day is a good day i know that i know what I know for sure is how challenged I will be, but I also am spiritual. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. And I believe that all the obstacles that are put in front of me, these are, it's so cliche to say these are lessons that need to be learned. But at the end of the day, I believe that the universe will put a, a challenge in front of me. It may be big, it may be small, whatever it is, but I know that's there to divert me to a, in a different direction. I know that. I might not know what that direction is or where to go, but I know 
and I literally talk to myself, I say, this is happening right now because you're supposed to be someplace else with someone else doing something else. That's why this obstacle is here. That's why you feel so terrible. So I kind of play mind tricks with myself and I make believe it's all happening for a positive reason. Even though my stomach hurts, I can't sleep. I'm human. You know, I feel all the same anxieties, everybody else, but it's, it's what do I do after that moment? So what I do is I, I name it, right? I have to, I first have to see it and then I have to name it. What is that feeling? Then I have to own it and say, okay, I, I, I see it. I named it. I own it. This is my perception. This is my um, misinterpretation of a person or a situation. Now, Jill, what are you going to do to destroy it? And then I literally take step by step. I literally dissect the situation um, to see how I can look at the silver lining and find something positive out of it because there always is. It's just not always obvious and you can't always find it in that day or in that moment. That is great. That is so awesome. You know, um, for you to be able to allow yourself, look in the mirror and see the positive of a very, maybe chaotic sometimes, maybe just not pleasant situations. It's a really big power, you know, in itself. How can people imbibe this sort of power? Um, I hear a lot of people say, um, you've got so much power within you. How much power do we have? How can we begin to unleash this power that we have within us as individuals? Oh, I, I think we have infinite power. I mean, the, the infinite power, but that all starts not just in the mirror. It starts with what food do we eat? How do we physically take care of our body? Are we putting soda in there and sugar and just toxins that literally cause cancer and death? Is this how we're treating our life, right? Do we, do we exercise at all? Do we fight with people? All these, right? All these toxic behaviors create a whole person. So we all have the power. Is it just an education? Do people need to be re-educated or educated for the first time on, on how to treat your body? And then you can talk about treating your mind because you have to look at the mind and body the same. Um, but I, I feel really strongly about that support system, having that cheerleader by your side. Because if you don't, if you, you, you use the term unmotivated, but I'm going to say, if you don't have the tools, so you feel really stuck and you're really depressed, and then you don't have a support system, that's going to be very, very difficult. Very difficult. So what would I say to someone who's in that situation? Be proactive and go find that support system. That's why there are coaches. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. That's why your community is here. There are people out there. This is what we do for a living to make sure we can teach this to those who need to be taught. Exactly. They just have to be resourceful. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, um, a lot of people do this blame culture thing. I mean, coming back to people need to be proactive, blame culture thing. Um, when things are not going well for them, they blame the weather, they blame the government, they blame their neighbours, they blame, they blame everything. How can we be more active and responsible and accountable to what we do to our lives? You know, what, what can people begin to do? 
what is that thing that can make people a lot more accountable? Is it looking into their purpose in life or trying to understand why they are here? What, what skills, what resources can you give for people to become more accountable, to take it seriously that they need to do something about their lives and not just moaning and blaming and complaining? Yeah, so I would say um, the number one question that we should all ask, ask ourselves when we're in any type of challenging situation is, what role am I playing? What role am I playing? Ask yourself the question, write it down, and then write down a list. And it's important to write it down, not to just think it, because when you start to write, the energy opens up. So write down all the areas where you are playing a role in that negative behavior. Are you reacting negatively? Are you starting negatively? We all play a role, but there are only, you know, only some of us are willing to, to look at ourselves and say, okay, I am, I'm actually adding to this, to this challenge. So you have to be able to see it and name it before you can actually change it. If you don't see it, then you can keep blaming everybody else and everything else. So see it and name it. So, so, so this, this is, so it, it's see it, name it, own it, destroy it. Okay. That is powerful. See it, name it, own it, destroy it. Once you're able to do that, you find a way to move forward. Absolutely. By the way, you cannot get to the destroying it if you can't see it. And if you can't figure out and name it and, you know, literally name it. And if you can't take responsibility and own it, well, then how can you de destroy it? How can you leave that thought or that situation? How is that ever going to happen? How is stage four going to happen if you can't get to stage one, two or three? It just, it has to go, you know, in, in that order. Good, good, good. Okay. As role models to ourselves, to, you know, to individuals, to the people, to your children, to your partners, to your family members. What can we do differently, you know, as, as people who wants to be transformed, live a, an achieved life, live a fulfilled life, basically, what can we do differently, you know, to begin to to show examples to other people, see ourselves as role models? I think one of the the reason I'm asking this question is because people see themselves, um, the play down on who they are or who they can be. So it doesn't make them to act up and, you know, and just the play small so many times. How can we begin to see ourselves big so that we can act in a way that inspires other people and makes other people give them the permission to be who they, they, they wanna be? Yeah, so I, I'm all about vulnerability. Vulnerability is, I think, my most favorite quality, and it's the, my, the favorite quality I have when I see other people. And that is letting people in, let them see, let them see your sadness, let them see what makes you happy, right? So communicating who you are at a very, very deep level. When people see how comfortable one is expressing themselves that way, it gives that person permission to express themselves that way. Right, so now you're collectively building a relationship. People like to emulate others, especially those who they feel are successful. People think that I'm successful because they think that I wake up every day and I'm happy all day long. The truth is I work at it. 
I just know how to work at it where most people get stuck and then they go to sleep stuck. And you know, it's, it's a never ending um, situation, but people always want to emulate others. Sometimes if they're not healthy, they will feel a form of jealousness or envy as opposed to wanting to emulate. Um, but that's where it all starts with being that healthy person. Are you toxic to yourself? Because if you are, it's going to be very difficult to look at someone else as a leader or as a coach or anyone who's doing well and say, oh, I'm going to do better so I can be like so-and-so. So it still has everything to do with the person specifically. Um, and are they open to learning to be open so we can infuse all this goodness in there and have them start to emulate all the people who they really, really want to not only be like, but who they want to attract. Yes, that's a great one, who they want to attract. Yes, I mean, a lot of people don't understand that there is a way, there is a way and there is a reason certain things come to them, to their life because of what they're attracting. How can we attract better things in our lives? That's exactly right. So because I believe in the universe, and again, the universe for me, is you can call it God, you can call it anything that is an energy above. It could be a guardian angel, it could be somebody who passed away, who's in, you know, in my family. To me, they all work together. And because I believe that bad things happen for a reason and good things happen for a reason, um, we can take all of those feelings and know at the end of the day how we represent ourselves and how we actually deal with the situations will determine how things work out. So if I want to attract something great, well, I need to figure out how to attract something great. I can't just have a negative mindset because I know spiritually only negative things are going to happen. I know my energy will be negative. So I will be attracting negative people, bad news. Um, sometimes if I'm feeling really, really, really down in a moment or something um, happened at work. I work in corporate America during the day. I work in sales and I have a very stressful job. So I'm constantly saying, okay, okay, I cannot end this day negative negatively. What am I going to do to attract positivity? Okay, I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna go for a long walk with my dog. So I'm gonna get my endorphins and my serotonin moving. Um, I'm going to look all around at nature. I'm going to play music. Again, that gets my, you know, my dopamine, my oxytocin, my serotonin, all of these things moving. I'm going to now, when I'm in that frame of mind, I'm going to be able to attract something positive because I'm, I'm taking the steps to do it. Yeah, that shows, you know, the, the fact that you are deliberate in making things happen. You are deliberate in turning a negative situation to positive situation, you know, simply like people should just, just take that deliberate steps, you know, be conscious of what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're looking at around, like to create that reality that you want in your life, which is really good. Thank you. I wanna go back to vulnerability because some people think, vulnerability may equal um, being weak, not being fragile, you know, not strong enough, that sort of thing. What's your opinion about that? I think it's the exact opposite. I am a leader in this world and I'm very vulnerable. So I don't feel, and so when other people are vulnerable, I don't see it as a weakness. I see that as a strength. So again, I would challenge 
someone and say, if you find that as a weakness, that's because you think it's a weakness. You, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're holding up the mirror. For me, if you're vulnerable, vulnerable does not mean crying and complaining. Vulnerable means expressing yourself and being real and letting people in on the things that aren't so great and being real about it, as opposed to, you know, whatever the definition of whomever thinks vulnerability really is. That's a good one. So you talked about being real, um, you know, is part of being vulnerable. Um, so what do we get from being real? I've had a lot of, you know, keep faking it, faking it, faking it. Does it have anything to do with, with being real, being authentic? That's a great point. So I also come from a place of fake it until you make it. Yeah. There are moments where you just, you could be real. You can have this conversation. I'm being real and having the conversation right now. This is all real. But when you're out there in the world, you're not always having these real moments. Sometimes you're in a, a it could be at work. It could be someone who you don't know. And, um, you know, you don't feel comfortable being so real with someone who you don't know. Then you have to fake it a little bit. It's okay to fake it as long as you are grounded yourself. As long as you come home and you look in the mirror and say, you know what? That was a tough day today. I got through it. I, I faked it a little bit but I got through it. That's a good that's, that's being real again with myself and I'm the most important person. That is, oh, that's a beautiful one. The most important person, you know, for us to be able to know that, that we are the most important people, just like the point you made, made the, uh, you know, if you don't look after yourself, if you don't put the mask on, you probably will suffocate before you're able to get to your child, you know? Exactly, exactly. And listen, this is a pitfall for every parent out there, parents innately do for their children before they do for themselves. And the children, if they should become parents, they will do for their children, right? It's just an endless, you know, not taking care of ourselves first. So it's something to your point, that's very deliberate. It's very mindful, something that has to be planned, has to be put on the calendar. If you're so busy doing something for everyone else, put on your calendar to go take that walk, put on your calendar to meditate for 10 minutes or jump up and down and listen to music, whatever your form of, of well-being is, schedule it to make sure that it happens. Otherwise our day, our Monday turns into four years later. Exactly. You talked about something, you know, parents, they don't look after themselves, they look after their children, and they pass that on to their children, the children get to look after the children not looking after. So that is how we neglect ourselves, we build a culture and a community, you know, and a belief system of neglecting and abandoning ourselves. Okay, so how does that relate to the things that happen in our lives? You know, sometimes people suffer some trauma because their parents gone through that. You know, it's been with them since childhood. How do we get to um, manage and eliminate that sort of belief system that we are passing on continuously? Yeah. Uh, you know, belief system that's not serving us really. Exactly. Well, so, so that's the key word. It's not serving us. So what are you going to do about it? You learned it from your parents who learned it from their parents and so on and so forth, but it's not serving you. So what are you going to do about it? That's it. Lovely. So you go back to the drawing board and ask yourself, how am I contributing to this? Isn't it? Correct. 
Correct. I I grew up in, in, in an environment where I feel that this was infused in me. This was done to me based on A, B, C, D, E, and F. Okay, but I don't want to be that person. So what am I going to do about it? Lovely, lovely. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for all these wonderful things you're sharing with us today. It's so, you know, it's so beautiful having you here. So I'd like you to, you know, give us, people are challenged. We've got the pandemic all over. We've got losses of job. We've got household, you know, dismantling. We've got so many challenges going on. And a lot of people are really in that, you know, nick right now. What can, what's one word you have to encourage, to challenge people to, to change their lives, to, to, you know, step up and just take some action to be encouraged, be motivated. What can they do right now to get out of that loop of continuous, you know, um, breakdown that's happening right now in the world? I would say to deliberately try, to deliberately take an action, call support, um, eat better, go for a walk. All these little things matter. Is all is, is any of this going to change the pandemic? No. Is this going to change the fact that unfortunately they may be unemployed because of the pandemic? No. It's not, but what are they going to do? Are they going to medicate? Are they going to go exercise? What are they going to do to literally change the chemical in their brain for that moment? The days are really hard. It's not about not feeling negative. Negative, we need to feel negativity, right? We need to lean into that and say, okay, I have to make a different decision. I have to speak to more people to see how other people are dealing with it. Am I or are they surrounded by this negativity? Is there anyone who is spiritual? Is there anyone who um, believes in faith where they can just borrow some of their courage for the moment? I'm all about borrowing someone else's courage. And that's when I say fake it because right at that moment, they still don't feel great, right? They still are in this terrible situation, but can they borrow? Can they get to a point where they say, you know what? I know this is here now. This challenge is in front of me now. It will get better. Exactly. That's part of what we do as coaches, because, you know, you lend that courage to other people so they can open up and see the best part of them and perhaps go forward with that, which is a good thing. So Jill, how can we connect with you? How can, you know, the listeners connect with you? A lot of people would want to connect with you. How can we connect with you? Or do you have anything you want to talk about? Do you have a program? Do you have a freebie? How can people reach you? Yeah, so they can go to my website, which is positivelyjill.com. Just positively Jill. That's me. Um, and and the show notes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, they can leave their email. They can send me a message on Instagram. I am uh, positivelyjillinc.com. I'm positivelyjill on Facebook. So they can reach out to me. Um, in different ways. And, you know, they just may have a question. And what I would say to everyone is even if, even if you have a couple of tips, it's really, really critical to work with a coach because the coach is there to keep you accountable and make sure you don't quit by day four sure. or by week four, exactly. right? Hopefully by week four, it's becoming a habit now. As you know, coaching is supposed to end. 
you know, you can work with a coach for three, six, seven months. By then you're really, really on your way. And then you can go back to your coach for spot treatment. Exactly. But if you don't hire the coach and you think about it and you know, it sounds good, but you actually don't take that step. Things just don't really change. Exactly. That's why people stay stuck for years and years and years hopefully people will begin to take action now, you know, and, you know, take charge of their lives. Okay. Thank you so much, Jill, for having, for coming on the show with me. It's been so wonderful. And thank you for the, all the wonderful things you shared with us. So privileged to have you here. So that's how we're going to be ending the useful food podcast for today. Hope you enjoyed what you heard. And until next time, you keep being the best of who you are. Thank you for listening to the You Soulful Genius podcast. Please do share, subscribe, and get in touch with us. To learn more about the You Soulful Genius podcast, visit creativebusinessweek.com. And do not forget to join us next week for another beautiful episode of the podcast.